Hyperspace, a podcast where friends get together to talk about all things science fiction. Our main mission is to watch and review the hit 90s TV series Battlebound 5. I'm Legendary Black Lion. I'm Bella Simon. And I'm Nita the Painter. Hey y'all, this is Sunday. Great. We we made it. We did it. We got through that. (laughs) Um so we're we're uh over halfway through the season. And if I thought last episode was a filler episode, this episode was like home a bear. (laughs) Um but before before <laughs> yeah before i before we jump into it um how's everybody doing good i'm amazing i'm just really thankful uh to be here i've been having a <clears throat> a pretty awesome day how about you Nita? i was away from my phone and kind of blocked <laughs> <laughs> she was just looking at everybody's pictures like will you give me my anyway um i am not okay i got an attitude and i've had an attitude for about 36 hours now so <clears throat> yep um you you gave us a hint offline um i understand <laughs> i understand <laughs> Um, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. So we're on episode 14, um, entitled Grail. I'm sorry. Episode season one, episode 15 entitled Grail. Um, it is that I'm going to just go ahead and say it. This really ain't that good of an episode. They, um, there's a lot of interesting choices made that just made this episode feel um, disjointed to me. Um, I wanted to know, Mel, you, like, as an author, seeing how these characters come together, like, how do you think this, like, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this episode? This was basically, um, let's show how characters react to certain um, circumstances. And, like, Delenn and um, her assistant being amazed by the, the the thought of someone having purpose for the sake of purpose kind of explains them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like, like, everyone else is seeing where his, the, the seeker's purpose is kind of, like, just for the sake of having a purpose. And she's like, this is awesome. And there's even a, a scene where uh, I think it was a Garibaldi who said, like, you've been hanging out with the Lynn too much because you keep like, <laughs> kind of respecting the fact that, yeah, at least, I mean, there is a benefit to, like, actually having purpose. But at the same time, it's like, why do you have a purpose other than the sake of having a purpose? It's better than not having a purpose. And I think that was the whole point of this episode, um, that and uh, extortion. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we got to see more. We got to see a little bit more hands on uh, organized crime on Babylon 5. Plus, um, another, like, once again, an explanation of why there's crime on Babylon 5. Yeah. 
it sounded like narration to me when he delivered that line. Yeah. Most of his lines sound like narration. Like that character is meant to be not just a character, but also a narrator, which kind of makes sense because he is the leader. But at the same time, it's like, you could have actually put it in the story. Like you clearly could have. It was very easy. You could have centered the story around... You have centered the story around other characters. There actually literally was no reason for them to put that line in there. We felt several occasions have people who couldn't leave who were like, I'm stuck. I'm in this situation because I can't uh, afford to leave. Um, our, the situation where um, uh, Thomas didn't leave uh, was uh, very unique. <laughs> Which also explains why it's called Babylon Five, again. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. So they take the time. They uh, I guess they take the opportunity to explain why there are five Babylon stations, why this is Babylon five. And I, um, I've always struggled with this. Okay. I understand they're trying to tell this story. They want to have this history, but after, I mean, look, after four times trying to build this project and they all go bad, I don't think a fifth one would have happened. Like, (laughs) But, I mean, um, so so the character is Jinxo, right? That's that's how they used to tell the story of the past Babylon stations. He was he. I think he explained like the first two were under the same contractor, mm-hmm. and maybe the third one. Uh, so so either the first two were under under the same contractor, and then the last three were under different contractors. Okay, so that could be that could be a situation where. You know, some billionaire uh, was like, hey, you know what? I bet I can make this happen. Or, you know what I mean? Like, if, if yeah. I get this government contract, I can make this this thing happen. I can get all this money. And so it would in that case, it would make um, some real world sense in that, like, someone wants to do a vanity project. Um, Show sure. off. Right. And I'm, it is a military, um, it's ran by the government. So yeah. So it could be whoever's in office at the time. Yeah. Okay. Could be the, could be the billionaire showing off. Yeah. And, and, What's um, and, and the thing about it is Babylon 5 is only about a year old. Mm-hmm. It's only been online for about a year, which, I mean, the production of it makes it look like it's been online for much longer, but I guess uh, they don't tell you how long it took to build the stations. So these those those could have been several year projects to like actually get it get get it put together, get all the systems installed, uh, making sure that the rotation works, hydroponics, staff, and all that stuff. So that could have been several years. So it's not that Babylon Five is only one year old, but it's only been operating for one year under the command of um, uh, Commander Sinclair. So 
So that you know, and that means they started after the Limbari War. Yeah. Yep. Because. Well, yeah, because uh, the Babylon project was supposed to be like this diplomatic project to make sure that humans don't get murdered out of the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also going by like Jinxo, who has worked on all five of them, which like kind of gives a perspective of the time period in which they're trying to do this because he doesn't look that old. No, no, he doesn't. He's in his 30s at the most and. He, yeah, he did say he was too young to fight in the Earth-Mimbari War. So he was mm-hmm. he had to be fairly young when he uh, started contracting. Um, can I say something about this actor? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the actor for Jinxo, what's his name? Thomas Nell at the end of the episode. Um, so the actor is Tom Booker and... I'm sorry. Uh, this guy just seemed like there were there were certain scenes where it looked like he was trying hard just to not laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was he was really struggling through those scenes, through those scenes. And I'm and I'm also thinking um, maybe he wasn't that you know that good of an actor. Like in general, he didn't like him and the guy that played. Um, who was the gangster? Hold on, I got it right here. Um, Deuce. <laughs> His name is Deuce. Yeah. <laughs> like they just stood out in a bad way. They 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 look they were so out of they were so out of place. Um so real quick, because we, we have talked about the other actors. So Thomas Booker, he was on a couple of other projects. Um Nia Neon Genesis Evangelion, Evangelion, the end of Evangelion, nineteen ninety-seven. I. That's so an anime, voice right? Actor. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Voice. Yeah, yeah. That's an anime. Yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. yeah he, those screaming teenager <sighs> animes. Yeah. Okay. He's, screaming teenagers and robots. That's what I call them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. Yeah, nah. Um, he was also part of a project called "Killed the Man." Um, it's a movie, it's a romance comedy. Never heard of it. So, and then that's all that's on his credentials. So, hmm. I guess he didn't do too much after, you know. Let's just say someone down the road figured out acting wasn't for him. <laughs> Uh, and then the guy that plays Deuce. Okay, so um, in my notes, I wrote down like they made some interesting choices, and this guy's accent was like killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Got a hillbilly in, sma- in space. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I wanted to know um, what did what did you all think, uh, Nita and Sunday? What <laughs> what do you think so far? I did not really like the the actor that you guys were talking about either. He just, you know, he did seem skittish and scary, which I guess is what they were going for, but it was nothing to write home about. I was more interested in the, the guy who was, like, carried around the shepherd's staff because uh, I recognized him from other... 
um, other projects. Movies, maybe. Maybe. All right, so that. So that actor is David Warner. Um, he has. Let's take a look because I think he's been on some some other things. Um, he actually has quite a bit of a uh, resume. He was in Titanic. <clears throat> he was in Star Trek Six: The Undercut Undiscovered Country. He was in Tron. He was in The Mouth of Madness. Um, and then he was on a ton. I'm saying like he he, he basically he found his rhythm in voice acting. Uh, Teen Titans Go, Mary Poppins Returns. He was in that. The Alienist. He was in that. Um, yeah. So he has he has an extensive resume. And so you, you, if if you don't know exactly where you've seen him, you've seen him. <laughs> he, he's just one of those. <laughs> he kind of looks like an old Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. Oh, uh, Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked, wow. He recently uh, passed away in 2022. Mm, so, oh, so he was, you know, he was up and running up until last year. So, <clears throat> But the the thing is, like, man, they paired him up with Tom and their acting was just night and day. You know what I mean? Like some characters, some actors just stand out and it's like. And I mean, not in a good way. They stand out because it seems like, man, this there's something about this guy that's out of place. And it's just that they just can't find. They just can't find the thing that puts them into the character. You know what I mean? So anyway, but that I know for me, that took that took me out because there were certain scenes where it looked like he was smiling and laughing. I'm like, like, is that just what your face does or are you doing? That? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, it, and it was even more. um it stood out even more when he was in the room with uh, Lando. Lando is over there just just still in the scene. And there's this guy just moping around in the background. I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what did y'all, uh, did y'all notice the breadcrumbs that were uh, kind of sprinkled around? Which one? Uh, don't get me to tell the story. Okay. All I noticed is that I was completely duped and fooled with the, the brain-sucking creature situation that was going on, but I think I might be jumping ahead on that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what? Tell us, what <laughs> What did you think of that part? That part? Um, when the, <clears throat> the actor that was being um, like coerced Mm-hmm. They basically like allowed him to see this alien creature suck the memories out of a woman's mind, and so she was uh, borderline a vegetable. Yeah, they were going to be able to like reteach her how to be a person, but it was going to be very challenging. And she was supposed to testify um, against the bad guy. And they showed that uh, one of the ambassadors, the one that doesn't talk and has like some strange light inside of his body and nobody's ever seen what he looks like before. Ambassador Kosh, yes. 
Yes, that he is the one that has sucked the memory out of this woman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a bad guy. No. <laughs> like, he's already sus. Like, and now he's sucking people's memories. I was, and for Davion, for you not to like this episode, I just kind of disagree. And I don't think I understand the difference between the filler episode and what's not because I was, like, really shocked. And I'm like, oh my goodness. This guy is, is really a bad guy, and now there's no getting around it. <laughs> uh, what are, what are your thoughts, Nita? <laughs> I tapped the screen too many times. Say that again. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> no problem. Go ahead. Um, I was in and out a lot, and there, but there was the uh, somebody was like. Something, something, or I'm a feed your friend to the whoever, and I was like, oh shit. And then, yeah, that's like all I remember. I was not very um, present during this viewing. No worries, I don't blame you. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's not that good of an episode. Um, it's it's like I said, it's a filler episode. <sighs> And it seems like several story ideas that were kind of like left on the cutting room floor that were for like, hey, this will be a good episode. We got to fill up 22 somehow. And um, and what the thing that they did. So when I talk about the breadcrumbs, they, they sprinkled in a couple of things. The history of the Babylon stations. Um, when Jingso explains what happened to Babylon 4, it... Like, doesn't it strike you as weird as in in the in this universe, a whole station just disappears and people are like, yeah, let's build another one. Like it <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't get it doesn't get sabotaged like the other ones. It doesn't explode. It just he said it just kind of wrinkled and disappeared. And this is like. That's kind of. That's a, that's that's a big deal. <laughs> it's not like oh long ago we had this. Let's try it again. It's like it's within ten years that they have five stations. I'm like, why do yeah. y'all? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess if you're trying to colonize space, you literally trying to colonize space. Put up a bunch of space stations, but mm-hmm. but yeah. So, and I'm pointing that out as a breadcrumb because it does come back later. Um, it, it plays a big part, uh, and then, and then that's the only teaser I'm gonna give. Um, the other thing is the Minbari. So Delin and Lanier are being extra dorky this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So and 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 this is definitely a a nerd topic, like the Holy Grail. We're gonna put the search for the Holy Grail in space. And I'm thinking how many years after uh, Indiana Jones is this? It's a few years, right? Um, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Then, um, yeah, take a, someone look that up because yeah, but it, it makes me think like there had to be a reason for them to add that story. Oh, kind of like they did the, the kung fu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> that. Like some, it was fresh. Somebody went and see the saw a movie the night before their writing session. They're like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, is is that? Oh, they also had an ancient aliens um, reference in there too, with one of the greys. 
at the court and um, he's being sued for damages for abducting this guy's ancestor. And uh, yeah, and he be, and the guy being um, basically a laughingstock of the town because nobody believed that he was abducted. Um, let me tell you the truth. Damages. Yeah, for damages. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. That episode, which like this episode, as bad as it is, is what got me into watching Babylon Five because of that one scene. It was so dumb. It's so dumb. I need reparations. But you have to think, like at the time, like in the nineties, everybody was trying to figure out how to put like aliens into their uh, TV shows. Um, but the uh, unsolved mysteries, um, and you know, TV shows like that. What was a, uh, there was um, the Outer Limits. They always talked about aliens, and then of course you had X Files out there. Um, oh, yeah. And alien abductions were uh, big in the news at the time too. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we were interested. I'm like, yeah, I watch this. This, this seems kind of yeah. cool. That's kind of funny because anytime there's like a horrible event going on in the world that's actually getting news coverage, all of a sudden there's aliens. Like recently, like Mexico <laughs> found those aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those uh, like, alien okay, courses. A, yeah, like there's people dying on the other side of the world, but we found some aliens. Come look. Yep. <laughs> um, like, oh, you asked uh, Indiana Jones. The first one came out in uh, 81. The second one came out in 84. Um, then 89. And then okay. the next one didn't come out till um, 2008. I don't know what you're talking about. Indiana Jones. No, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. What, what am I looking <laughs> No. So there was only four and there was only three Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> There was only three. The great three that we have good memories of. Uh, mm, I didn't hear that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Wow. 2008 is when that horrible movie came out. I haven't seen any new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, the Minbari... They're, they they coerce Commander uh, Sinclair into doing having this formal um, greeting and meeting with um, with Aldous guy is is Gaiac, right the the J is yeah okay um, and then when when they when he goes to meet him Gaiac is like oh shoot I didn't know y'all were gonna be here I was just trying to meet with them Membari I didn't need a I didn't need, need I didn't need any pageantry and so. And so this is a case where the Minbari make a big deal out of a nothing thing and they make it everybody else's problem. Um, that is like, going to happen. like this, so you need to too. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like their whole interaction with him is just so weird. Honestly, um, they're out of character. Delenn and... Uh, um, Lanier, they they seem much more um, lighter. They're more on the comedy side. 
of things and she's like indulging this guy she's like hey you know you're searching for something you're a truth seeker um i guess they were trying to get down to the whole like okay this is the religious cast and so they are very interested in the spiritual journeys and maybe the um spirituality of other beings maybe so that's one way to look at it it felt very superficial to me yeah because of the way they explain like we appreciate this because we're the religious cast but he's he's seeking something that his culture knows don't exist um yeah for the sake of seeking it and they're like he's seeking though and that's the thing that we need to appreciate which is it's kind of weird because normally, and that's why I feel like there's a different writer on this. Like, the creator didn't help write this episode, I don't think. Uh, that's just my opinion. But um, usually the metaphors are in the science fiction of it. But there was hardly any science fiction in this. It's just like a creature eating people. That's the biggest science fiction thing we had in this. So the idea of this being the way another culture sees things was uh, social study science, social science fiction, <laughs> yeah. and not like hard science fiction. Um, that's my best way of explaining it. But it sounds weird when you do it as a philosophy, especially when you take a character so far off from their uh, character, from, yeah, a character outside of their character to do it. Yeah. Which is, yeah, someone didn't read their uh, series Bible when they wrote this. Yeah, or they that's... didn't have enough information in the series Bible when they wrote it. Possibly, well, I, I guarantee you, they were like, "How are we gonna fill up this this episode order?" Because <laughs> like the, the the things that are important are the history of the other Babylon stations. Um, there is consistency with the Lynn. She's very quick. Like, Hey, you know what? Let's just lie to the warrior cast there. You know, they'll, they'll miss, they'll misunderstand this anyway. So we just won't tell them about it. It's like, okay. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that she was saying the only time that the two of them agreed was, you know, when terrible things happen. I'm like, Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, to throw that in there in the story where they talk about the Babylon station blowing up so many times, especially since we know that they're the ones that chose Sinclair. Yeah. It's, and, it's suspicious. And, and we'll also highlight that Lynn is talking about keeping secrets again. <laughs> let's 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 recap. She has a stating order to murder Cap- Commander Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> And and Garibaldi and Sinclair are investigating the Lynn. That is still happening. So this episode is weird. <laughs> yeah. There's a big spoiler in one of my uh, galactic teas that I did on the Lynn. Ah, that yes. Makes it even deeper. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about what I what I know, yes, it is deep. Like it. So. I know we're we're putting all these teasers in there, but this this episode just wasn't that interesting. But if you watch season one, knowing what we know about Dylan, it makes it that much like crazier. So much crazier. Like the fact that she's even on the station. It's like, geez. Um, And then she spends so much time with Kosh. (laughs) 
Anyway. Who also got his secrets? Yeah. Kosh. Their yeah. secrets. We don't know if they got genders or not. But. Right. Yeah. Would, mm. Four lines. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Londo's in this episode. In fact, I think um, the only alien main characters Which are. I thought was interesting that what's the name didn't get questioned by Thomas. Yeah, Jakar. Um, they ain't got nothing. Yeah. They ain't got. They had all that stuff stolen. They still trying to. See, uh, and when you want to assume that they don't, they the ones who sitting on that shit. <laughs> I mean, on the one, I, I I agree with Mel. The the Narn don't really have anything. Everything they had was taken from them a hundred years ago by the uh, by the Centauri. But you might be right, yeah, Sunday. They they. they, they that's <laughs> it's probably sitting in it's probably sitting in Jakar's quarters as we speak <laughs> he's drinking from it while he's trying to eat a pig's head <laughs> but um the little bit of world building with the Centauri which it was is, is nothing right we just hear about the what is the Nakaline feeder uh I like what they did with um, Veer and they show like he is just he he does not function as a conventional Centauri. Uh, he gets he gets yelled at by basically doing all of this work for free and uh, it annoys Lando. And I thought that was that was some decent character development. In fact, his character starts to come out more uh, from this episode forward. But I think the actor, uh, he he kind of he's gotten his rhythm. Uh, Veer, and, and that's Stephen first. Uh, Veer is like this on edge, high anxiety assistant character. He's a comedy character, but uh, he has some he he does have some great moments throughout the series. Uh, I think, man, honestly, everything really picks up in uh, I think the finale of season one. And the beginning of season two, like we we got we got intro some important characters. Um, we got intro some important characters this season that are you know the the pieces are being placed on the board for everything that's going to happen. So, and so there's that. Um, there was there was something on here that I just didn't know, <clears throat> and um, I'm, I was like, you know what? Let me look that up. Um, hold on one second. So it is the uh the ombuds the ombuds, sorry. Have, have y'all heard of that before? No. Not remember. Yeah. <clears throat> so I you know the who is it? Deuce is talking about the ombuds and he's like, Yeah, you're gonna open your mouth to the ombuds, blah blah blah, whatever. And I'm like what is that word? Ombuds. Basically, that judge, he's an ombud. But what it is, it is a, um, if I can pull this up. Uh, hold on, I'm going to just have to edit this part. <laughs> so an um, ombudsman is a person who investigates, reports on, reports on, and helps settle complaints. Um, they provide like safe safety and security for people who want to report 
like uh when when things are going wrong um this is this is uh they're usually uh, affiliated with an organization or a business uh they serve as an advocate for patients consumers employees um and so they use the ombuds as kind of like kind of like a um judicial arm on the station so that judge he was an he's an ombud and he's the one when he called that lady up to um to testify you know he was i would say kind of sort of functioning in that job i'm gonna tell you he sucks at his job though because it seems <laughs> seems like everybody knew who she was deuce went and found her had her brain wiped and he you know got away with the. Uh, all that stuff scot free. He was what he was doing racketeering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that protection yeah. racket. Usually, <clears throat> you don't let that information come out. Like, how do you know? How does he know? Right. Was he just hacking things? Right. And then you never see that judge again. Like my head cannon is they realize like this dude sucks. We just need to get rid of him. So they. <laughs> they had him re- reassigned. <clears throat> yeah, Ombuds Dwellington. Dude was horrible. And then <sighs> freaking Aldous sacrificed his life. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. This is an opportunity I'm for... Gonna... Um... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. An opportunity for what? <laughs> for, for Sinclair to put his life in danger <laughs> to have a shootout. <laughs> Oh, I was still thinking about when we were talking about the judge, like what kind of pull Thomas had to just be like, excuse me, can I approach the bench? Be like, nigga, who is you? Right. Just like be randomly in the middle of a trial wanting to come and talk to the judge. Right. And then it was almost like he had some kind of persuasive ability um, over the people that he's talking to, how he got the and them to cooperate so easily. And he didn't speak to Londo, but he was speaking to the Londo's minion. She <laughs> like offered him the assistance, and then he had that pull over Ambassador Kosh. It was just like this dude is under my protection, and like they never really address how he is. Um, is coercing the wrong word? Or maybe that's not the right word, but influencing um, everybody that he was coming into contact with. Like, hell, maybe he was the grill. That is yeah. an interesting observation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like, I this, like it. Well, that, that was what I was saying about the philosophy of the story being a social um, construct and not a science, a, a fiction of science. Right. So his being able. Like even um, what's his name? Um, uh, when he first came in, and the guy was like, he just has the look. We don't know who he is, but I know that's him because he has the look. There was oh, supposed yeah. to be something about him that just reads, "You are the the, the, the holy one that I must respect," and <laughs> for I no mean, reason at all. <laughs> he is walking around with a big stick. Um. That that should get you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 yeah. Security should have uh, should have confiscated that like immediately, yeah, right? Use it as a weapon. Yeah, he beats the crap out of those guys. Yep. <clears throat> so, so basically, Sunday, what you're saying is, is um, 
is uh he's a uh, Aldous is a Jedi. <laughs> so his we, purpose is to that's what it that's what that's what it sounded like you were saying but now that now that you you point that out i'm like you know what everybody did just cooperate with him easily and he got the oh the nicoline feeder to come out of the thing um uh the encounter suit of kosh which okay there's a lot of there's a lot of questions because like how could they get one? Um, they said it was um, fabricated. It was fabricated. It wasn't okay, a real one. Yeah, it just it was someone just made a, a cost a cost okay. for him. Okay, okay, that makes sense because I was gonna be like, man, yeah. I don't think the I don't I don't think the Vorlons need their technologies hanging around. Okay, yeah, that was Michael's explanation. <clears throat> okay, uh, and then. Um, yeah, he was able to get the Nocleen feeder to come out, which I will say the CG was not the worst. It was it was decent. Like even now looking at it, it was yeah, like, hey, that that's that's dope. that's actually pretty good. It's better than when they made uh it's better than when they made that guy that guy God. <clears throat> Remember um yeah. the telepath uh became <laughs> he just became a big like white figure in space i don't know <laughs> so <clears throat> um i have to point this out um garibaldi was extremely annoying this episode um he was he he was full cop mode cop he was full bastard cop mode <laughs> um he, he basically throughout the episode he he said he says two things that really like rub me the wrong way one when he busts Jinxo for pickpocketing and he's like all over this dude, right? Um, and and Jinxo is like trying to explain, like, hey, you know, whatever, whatever. But, you know, it's whatever. Uh they've they've encountered each other before. So of course Garibaldi's gonna catch him pickpocketing. The other thing that he says is like, let me and my team clean out down below. We'll get rid of 90% of the crime. Mm-hmm. And then Sinclair is like, what are you going to do? Shoot him out the airlock? And he goes, don't tempt me. And it's like, so this dude has an itchy trigger finger for the station that he works on. <laughs> and then we have to get, then we get the the speech from the compassionate um, commander about how people come there looking to, you know, fulfill a dream for jobs. They get stuck because it doesn't happen. And they can't afford to leave. And yeah, yeah, that sucks. But Garibaldi does not care. He he does not care. He wants to round everybody up and ship them off. So full bastard cop mode, Garibaldi. He <clears throat> And if we recap, he's not a friend of the working class. He's just ready to bust people's heads no matter what. Yeah, I hated that. To think that he could go to the down below or downstairs or wherever that's called and he just give me the opportunity to take all my cop friends down here and just round everybody up like sir there's no way that everybody down there is a criminal and mm-hmm. it just yeah I did not like that and 
I didn't think about it again until you just brought it up, but mm, that was very disturbing um, to think that without like any just cause, you're just going to like round people up and what, throw them in jail just for existing in close proximity to some criminals. Yeah. And especially since he was just in that predicament not that long ago. Right. Like, you could have a little bit of empathy. I mean, he didn't have any empathy when he was down there getting drunk. Nope. Mm. <clears throat> um, I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, but that's just Garibaldi's character. He does not, he is not an empathetic person at all. He's not an empathetic human being at all. Um, and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be an annoying character coming up. He does some really cool stuff though. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he he like I said, he's full bastard cop in this episode, maniac cop. If anybody understands that reference and how funny it is that I'm saying it on this show, give yourself two points. <laughs> and now to explain the joke, um. Christian Claudia, Claudia Christensen plays in the movie series Maniac Cop. It is a B-level horror series. Um, yeah. All right. Now that I've thoroughly brought this whole episode to a halt, uh, <laughs> um, there are some quotes here. So I'm looking at the Babylon 5 uh, fandom, the Babylon project, and they, uh, some of the quotes that y'all brought up <clears throat> where Lanier and Delenn are talking. There are two casts of the Mimbari, the warrior cast and the religious cast. The warrior cast would not understand it is not their way. So we will not tell them and spare them the confusion, which that is so wild that she has such a low perspective of her own people. And then um, Aldous asks, like, these two sides of your culture, do they ever agree on anything? And Delane answers, yes. And when they do, it's a terrible thing, a terrible power, uh, as recent events have shown us. Let us hope it never again happens in our lifetime. So she's throwing out some breadcrumbs about, like, the past history of the, uh, the Minbari, which... I don't think this is a spoiler is the, the warrior class and the religious class or cast, sorry, the warrior cast and the religious cast both did agree to go to war with the humans. Um, yeah. So, so there's that. And that's her kind of roundabout way to admitting to war crimes. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> Especially since she's on the Great Council, she had to approve it. Mm-hmm. But hold on, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. I mean, it's obvious we know it, but just just slow down. I don't want to get I don't wanna, I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. So so that's. That's the episode, um, which means this could be a short episode for us. Uh, any any other thoughts before we get along here? I think it was weird to write a whole story on like 
purpose and having purpose and your perspective on purpose. And even with the mind wipe, like without your knowledge of yourself and, and your experiences in life, you you can't do anything. You are a vegetable. And um, was it uh, uh, Thomas? He was kind of living without a life until he found a purpose. It, as ridiculous as it was, at least it was a purpose, even though not killing the whole station is a purpose. Um, yeah. But it wasn't the, the positive purpose because like uh the seeker went and uh told him that that's not the the true perspective of what happened to you you're lucky you're not a jinx oh a curse well that's what it was oh yeah that was the it was more of a philosophy thing than normal i guess mix enough sci-fi with it i guess the way you can look at it too is like superstition is involved as well so um so Jinxo, he had the superstition that he was the curse. Um, <clears throat> Aldous, he's searching for the Holy Grail, which, like, you can look at that as also like a superstitious belief. And and they they have like, they each have purpose that kind of locks them into a particular path. And then they find each other, and uh, all this dies, and he's like, okay, I'm done with this. Uh, and then Jinxo is like set free from the station. Um, with like I said, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. He trades one superstition for another, you could say. Um, but the way that the Minbari kind of reverence the whole, um, like the whole like enterprise or the whole thing, there they don't look at it as like something you're beholden to. They they look at it as a as something to be honored, which. Right. Which, I mean, we do know a bit about some of the Minbari um, uh, superstitions, which, and again, we'll learn a little bit more um, in the future. But I mean, they kind of did the same thing with the poet. Yes. But she's such an important person because she writes poetry. <clears throat> it's the, the religious class that feels like philosophy and ideas are something to... Um, to uphold what she literally says. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, it's so personified in her in, in yeah. her actions. Whereas, like, it's normal for our culture, especially in the '90s, to say that stupid stuff. That's just, <laughs> that's a hobby that you you don't make that your life. But for them, when you make it your life, it's important. Versus like American or human culture, where having money is as important as. Well, it has the importance that they see creativity and wonder. Which is cool. That's a that's an interesting perspective because um that reminds me of some of these um debates that I watched. I don't recommend any, I don't recommend anyone to watch uh, debates between atheists and uh apologists because they're not very good <clears throat> but there's always this argument of like if people if humans lose their religion then what will happen to humanity right <clears throat> and i'm wondering if this is what this is also part of the discussion that the writers are having <clears throat> like uh for aldous like 
his search is immediately dismissed and ridiculed by Sinclair. He's like, well, we don't really think this is a real thing, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, apparently it gives Aldous, like, these Jedi powers and fighting fighting abilities, um, which, to me, that means he's traveled and searched for a long time. And so he's picked up some good persuasive skills and some fight skills. Um, the the story, so the story of his conversion was pretty like tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, he what he said he um he had a job where his whole life was all about numbers, but the numbers never added up. Um, and there was an accident with his wife and daughter died, but he woke up with just a few bruises, and he was like, you know, something ain't right. He started. Um, he started his search. I, I guess he came like, so I kind of phased out on this part. Uh-huh, let me see if I can find it because it wasn't because well it it's like, it's like, I almost no, died. Stuff happened. I met this dude. Now I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And which I want to know. Uh, I wonder what's up with that guy. Like, Anyway, so then he meets uh, Jinxo, and Jinxo, he's like, like his old he he's impressed not by why uh, Aldous is doing it, but what like how Aldous is carrying himself. He's uh, he's demonstrating like all these interesting characteristics of a human being that Jinxo is just kind of like enamored with. <clears throat> and um, and then when Aldous dies, he's like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll keep. I'll continue to search. And then they do this this whole ceremony as he's dying. Which screw that. <laughs> so Aldous Sinclair know what to say. Right. Yeah. Well, what it was. So it wasn't like it's not like a ceremony of um. Yeah, what it was, it was basically his last will and testament, and so he had uh, Sinclair witness it, which, which I mean, Sinclair didn't look happy to be watching a guy die. By the way, he looked, he looked like he'd rather be somewhere else. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah, you can have all my stuff, which means he'll be able to see where he went, the people he spoke to, stuff he learned. So that's kind of cool, I guess. He, he's passed that down. He has a purpose passed on to him along with the history. Um, in a way, he healed him. And that was the reason why he was looking for the grill. And that's something, what he was looking for in the grill is what he did with his life without yeah. it. Yeah. It was kind of just an excuse to go around helping people and talking to people. Like, um, you could have just been a journalist. <laughs> right. Really. Well, then it makes me wonder what his job was like. You know, what did he do that had to deal with numbers? Where was he? Uh, an accountant. Was he? An, like. He was either an accountant or some sort of like military analyst, mm-hmm. a, maybe a functional analyst for the military. And the numbers didn't add up because it's like these numbers are people that we're killing mm-hmm. <laughs> or dying. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. I'm just like we're we're full head cannon right now. This is all speculation. <laughs> Who knows? Right. <laughs> Maybe we're putting more thought into this <laughs> than the writer. 
<laughs> so so that's grail um again a filler episode with some little breadcrumbs thrown into it um yeah and what i should have done was look ahead to see what the next episode looks like um the next one is uh eyes but i don't remember what it was all about so we'll um I guess we'll find out next week. <laughs> find out next time. Um, any final thoughts? Any critiques? Any complaints? Any <laughs> I enjoyed the episode. Filler or not, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. It, well, that's the thing. Okay, okay, okay. It definitely was filler. I'm only saying that I don't enjoy it now. <clears throat> Because I know what the bigger story is. And this episode, like, not all of it plays into the bigger story. It is more of like a monster of the week type episode. So, like, if you enjoyed it, that's 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 not a problem. That's I I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> they put a lot in it, even though it's not a part of the main story. Yeah. So there's still like so much more that we can talk about when it comes to this the story, but it's not a part of this particular little story. There's one episode, but not connecting it to anything else that really happens other than uh, our understanding of the characters. Which is yeah. pretty much a filler episode, but they do it well. It's not like I could have done without this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel bad because we barely we did we barely talked about Ivanova. Um her big her biggest moments were at the end of the episode where Jinxo was leaving and the station didn't blow up. But she's being her she's being herself. Her character is consistent. Pessimistic <laughs> <laughs> expecting the worst. You know, good old faithful Ivanova. She just kept going, boom. <laughs> <laughs> right <clears throat> no boom today always boom tomorrow like yeah cool um well so that's this episode of voices of hyperspace um granted this when this episode releases it'll be several weeks after we've done our first uh side mission uh, and hopefully we have done several since so be looking out for those. I think the schedule for side missions is going to be Fridays. Um, I felt that felt pretty good to release. It's like just imagine, you know, you 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 get like an extra little something fun to listen to before the week is over. Like it frustrates me when I'm listening to podcasts and I don't have anything like for the weekend, you know. So so there 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 you have it, and uh, you you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you all have any cool projects coming up? Anything you would like to share? I'm not doing anything extra than what I've been doing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, as of this recording, we're coming up on holiday season part two. It's December. So um, we we have plenty of episodes stacked, so we could probably... If needed, take a break. A week of Christmas and a week after, 
we'll have episodes dropped in and then we can resume recording in the new year. Um, yeah, we, we can talk about that off, off, off the air. <clears throat> well, this was <laughs> another episode of Voices in Hyperspace. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, TikTok, and you can find us on all of your podcast platforms. Just remember, at the beginning of the year, um, Google Podcasts will switch over to YouTube Music, and we'll probably post some stuff to help us with that transition. Other than that, just find us, have fun, like, follow, share, leave comments, anything uh, let's keep the conversation going over on our Facebook page. I'm sorry, Facebook group, Voices of Hyperspace. Um, Captain Mel is the administrator. And uh, y'all got to play nice over there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she will she will drop that band hammer. <clears throat> the posts have to be approved, but please send in whatever posts you want that are sci-fi. <laughs> yes, sci-fi related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can uh, do some fantasy. That's okay. Sci-fi fantasy. You know. Yeah. Fun, fun. fun stuff. Like, don't be advertising your stuff. Don't be. Don't be advertising like your supplement business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Legendary Black Lion. I'm Mila Silo. Ah, I see. And we understood. Well, we will sign off here and catch y'all next time.